are, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We are inching our way to the end of 2020. We're going to talk a lot about pop culture in 2020 in a little bit. But first, but first, my best moment in this year in pop culture happened Friday, December 18th, and that was the season finale of The Mandalorian. And I'm not really interested in how my sisters are doing right now because I feel one with the force. Just turn this off if you haven't listened to The Mandalorian yet. The spoilers are coming. They're coming fast and heavy. Okay, go watch it. Go watch the whole show if you haven't seen it. And then come back and listen to this. But I'm declaring right now my MVP moment of pop culture in 2020 was the last 15 minutes of Mandalorian season two. I'm going to first start with Lily, who I told her I would not speak to her until I would not interact with her until she watched it. You meant to catch up on two episodes. Lil, you watched it with mom. I have seen the video reaction of mom. It's yes. amazing. Go ahead. I, I tell us. Video reaction. Just, You're sending um, secret videos. No, should I ask for like documentary footage? I need a documentary mom. footage of mom watching what happened. So I wasn't included on the text chain. It's considered secret footage. This is true. I don't think you want me to like bombard your phone with like they're like five just minute minutes of, of mom, mom watching TV, watching TV. <laughs> which is by the way the best ever because I miss watching TV with mom so much. Um, I just apologize in advance for the grunting. I have a tiny. Uh, would you what you would call a baby Yoda on my lap? You do have a baby. Um, Yoda. He looks. He's got the ears for it. He does have the ears for it. So if there's any, it's like, va- very Grogu esque. Yeah, extra Groguy noises. Um, it's for the. It's special for the episode. Um, I thought it was great. I feel like there. You know, I had to. I missed somehow. I missed it. There was an episode last week. Must be the lack of sleep. So I was a bit sad because I would have normally liked to space them out, but I watched them together like a movie, and um, that was great. And uh, it was like the the usual like plot holes. Like he wastes his. What are those little things that zap out and can follow the person? Yeah, his little wrist lasers. Lasers, and he obviously wastes those on the Iron Man, like. On dark the, on the Iron dark Man. troopers, but I understand he always and has then, bombs on him. Why doesn't he have one of his like little bombs to throw at the dark? Yeah, I it's a good. Can, I don't think you can throw a bomb inside a spaceship inside a spaceship. That's a good by point. the doors of the spaceship. Why that is there an point. airlock? There's always an airlock because they deploy- where they're keeping the dark troopers. No, that's where they deploy from. That's where they deployed oh, they them deploy. from to take. They Grogu. jump down, and clearly, and, so- and clearly they can survive in space. Which was my first reaction when he's when he when he spaced them. I was like. I told I told the kids I was like they're coming back guys. They did not spend yeah. all this money on dark troopers to watch him fight one. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, so when Moff Gideon is like you don't have your little secret super lasers anymore. You use them up because <laughs> he's like reminding the audience. Uh, Moff Gideon that- by the way, such a terrific villain. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he he's great. Carl but- Esposito is He's the really only amazing. way that this that there's a season three though is if it's about Bo-Katan and 
Mando like fighting over the dark saber. Like other than that, I don't know what which, season which, three which would I, be. Which which is what Josh thinks, and I think is like interesting to Star Wars nerds. But I do question as to whether or not no that you cannot build two people cave. around like a fancy. But also the epilogue made it seem that this story is over, and then the next story we're following exactly, is show. Boba Fett. Which to yeah. me is the brilliance of David Filoni's. I love how we're not even talking about the big moment yet. This is so great. The brilliance that, of Because that shows you that there's that the big moment was not the best. It's amazing, but there's so much more richness in the show. Yeah. And, and David, David Filoni, who has been the guardian of the Star Wars TV shows, his whole strategy, which at first was people were like, what is this? With the Clone Wars cartoon, which I still recommend watching. For the first time when this whole thing ended, mom go, because then they, they put it up on Apple, whatever, this is Disney, whatever, and it comes up as the next thing to watch. Mom goes, you know, I might have to give that cartoon a try. She's not watching series. it. <laughs> it's an animated series. It's very complicated, but but what Filoni perfected over the seven seasons of that series, right? At first it's a little choppy, but then it gets really, really good, is he does that show in like three or four episode arcs. So you follow one storyline for a few episodes and then maybe there's an interlocking episode and then you're following other characters in the Star Wars universe. So, and then they got really into it where there was like four or five that they were always following every season. And then there'd be one or two bottle episodes and that would be your season. I think the smart thing to do with Mando is in fact to not end it, but drop the story here for a little while. I don't think you can go right from the Mandalorian series end the way this one ended and then pick it up with like season three with like Mando on a regular mission because right. let's if be there's clear. no Grogu, we just, it doesn't well, have the same emotional pull. Look, there are questions as to whether or not Din Djarin, you know, the Mando himself is that interesting. I mean, they've made him is more Is that his name? Yeah. They've made him, they've made him more interesting. And this is again, another great thing that Filoni does is he, inches these newer characters along to the like ahsoka didn't start off as a fan favorite she started off as this super annoying character where you're like why like why did they do this and then as the show goes on as she is this bit player she became the star of clone wars ah very much like uh shonda rhimes <laughs> i think of many examples you know i'm just saying like on Grey's anatomy oh, okay they always start off with like a character that's super annoying that's like a side character and then over the course of like a season build build that character up to being so, like a fan favorite so, it's true and the other thing he does is is that he never overcommits to one of those storylines and i think like if mando stops here there's tons of little things that are left undone uh, i'll we... say this because you did ask me if i liked it i will say it is rare that i like a show so much and with just six se two seasons, what, how many episodes of that? 16 episodes or whatever? Mm -hmm. 12 episodes, whatever six, it is. Six, 16. That I'm like, okay, cool, we're done. Like, it, that I, I, it was so satisfying that that just tells you how good it is. Well, the point- Because you're so sad. I don't, like, if they made more, great. I don't need more. I thought they did a beautiful job tying up that story. The storyline is getting Grogu back to his people to a safe place. And that's what they tie up. That's what they, they tie up in the end. And so and even though there's Mando all show these, us his face. Right. And, and like having, a little well, less and having, and having, um, having Mando 
actually, I mean, we're seeing him evolve as a character from the beginning to the end because of his attachment to Grogu, but it's really in those like last couple of episodes where we're, we're, you know, in the, in the second to last episode when the Bill Burr character says, whatever you need to do to sleep at night. And I think like that's sort of the, the pivotal moment where his Mayfield yeah. He was surprisingly great, that guy. That's what I thought, too. I thought the I first like, time oh, he appeared in the show, this? I wasn't this such like a Brooklyn fan. His Brooklyn accent's a and bit much, but... Uh, I liked him this time. I was like, I liked oh. him. This, I didn't like him his first time, but I thought he did great. He said, whatever you need to do to sleep at night. And, like, you could sort of, you know, he had... Mando had been, like, getting closer and closer to that as his attachment to Grogu grows. And then it really, like, clicks in that moment that it's about doing the right thing not doing not doing what you've been trained to do but like actually following your conscience and making that decision and so it finally feels like he has like there's obviously so much more room for him to grow and and evolve but as far as having this story be complete we've seen his character grow and change enough to know you know that he's like on on his own starting his own path um and we have Grogu get to a safe place in the end. And so it, it feels very complete to me. And the other bits and bobs of side storylines, like Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and Boba Fett, like that could be an entirely different show without. Also, like, again, like, like the Star Wars plot holes, she's just like standing on that bridge, looking out into the mist. I'm like, dude, if you want that lightsaber, go find the bad guy and get it from him. Look, I can't, I, you, you I know, can't like help Katie. I can't help Katie Sackoff more than she's already been helped <laughs> no, by I being know. in this show. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, the, the part that I think is, a, so what I love is, is that great. So they do two seasons of this. Then we're going to get Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. And then we'll get the book of Boba Fett. And then in two years, we can do the Mandalorian and organically work his story back in and maybe maybe he'll appear bigger, in any of those stories. Exactly. Like, or or build a bigger, you know, retaking of Mandalore story that threads in all these different elements. But I don't I don't feel compelled to go back. I also think that, again, the issue with both him and Boba Fett is I think the suit is far more interesting than the, the people under it so far, so far. But I also give them time. One of the best moments, though, I loved was when Boba Fett argues with Bo-Katan and she says, I know that voice. I've heard it a million times. You're, you're a clone. clone. Because the Clone Wars TV show, she's a main character and all of the clones are clones of Tamora Morrison. They're all variations they are? of him. Yeah, because oh. Jango Fett, his father, was yeah. the genetic basis of all of the clone army. That I didn't oh, know. I didn't know that. So all of the clone characters, which by the way is... The, initially again in the original Clone Wars TV show you're like why am I following these characters by the end of it you're like oh my goodness I live for all of these different clone characters in fact there's rumors of Tamara Morrison coming back again in some of the other shows not as Boba Fett so I assume as other clone characters namely if he's in Ahsoka then he has to come back as Captain Rex who is absolutely one of the best characters of new characters ever created. That's the is, is the Captain Rex a clone? Captain Rex is one of the core clones. So there's like a few clones that support that are become major supporting characters and they're kind of assigned to different Jedi. So Captain Cody is assigned to Obi-Wan, Captain Rex is assigned to Anakin and Ahsoka, and then there's Fives and Wolfie and there's there's a whole bunch of other ones. But Rex becomes Ahsoka's loyal, loyal, loyal 
Right. You, buddy. You explain that to me. And mm-hmm. when Order sixty six happens, she saves him from getting from getting the the chip in his head from the order the order chip in his head, and he ends up saving her. And so then he comes back later. And anyway, so I'm very excited for that. So now let's get to the big moment. And I want to reference Michael Mercy is a uh, I would say 80s toy enthusiast, but a you know a pop culture enthusiast. I follow on YouTube. I subscribe to his channel, and he gave the most beautiful reaction to the grand moment and the grand moment being, and I'll just describe it now. The Mando has fought off one dark trooper and now all of the dark troopers are coming off and he was nearly killed fighting one dark trooper. It was like the Terminator. And now there's an army of them bearing down and you see a lone X-wing fly in. Mom called it. Like I sent you that video. Mom, like, well, the lone X-wing flies in and I was in I was in denial. I had seen Mark Hamill post something that said, "Hey, anyone seen any good anything on TV lately?" So it's like, <laughs> "You're right, I saw that." So, so I saw that, and I, and I was like, "Could it be?" No, I was like, "Oh, are they bringing back those Star Wars the the Rangers, the guys that were in that ice planet?" Because they're getting like their own show of like these rebel. No, they aren't. Yeah, really. Something like Ugh, that. They, Either way, like, I was like, "Oh, are they, they really these- just? They don't know like they don't know how to do things like in any sort of moderate way." Like well, they had to smear so much cream cheese that, on this bagel. That, that, that's, Disney's fault. that's Disney's fault. But anyways, so these, so I was like, oh God, are they bringing those guys back? I'm like, okay, well, at least the rebels, whatever. Like I didn't believe it. And then you see the dark hooded figure and I'm like, oh, I can't emotionally take this as a fake out. I can't do it. Like, I'm like. Cause you seeing the lone X-Wing, you immediately like, you want to go I'm there. like, wait a minute. Could that? Could that be? And they did it so great because they did it on the camera. I mean, the way they filmed it was so incredible. Mm-hmm. It was like the shark in Jaws. And then the blue lightsaber comes out, and you see the gloved hand and the and the and the human hand. And blue, I blue. They mean green. Green lightsaber. Sorry, the green lightsaber comes out, and I love the green lightsaber. It drives me. You know, the green lightsaber. That's my chosen lightsaber color. Is mm-hmm. Turn of the Jedi, Luke. And it comes out. And then you see Luke, you know, in that Clint Eastwood, you know, man with no name, calm, quiet. And Mike Mercy, and now Mike Mercy said some of this stuff too, how calm he was. And the way what Mike Mercy said was he said in his in his video reaction, he said, This the the saving of a hero, and that this was the like true saving of the Luke Skywalker character and the true return of the Jedi that we all grew up with. Cause Luke, when you leave him in return of the Jedi is optimistic. He's calm. He's wise. He's incredibly powerful with the force. And here you see him just flow through these robots, just mm-hmm. chopping them to pieces, tearing them apart. Like the Mando we've been following for two seasons and he's so badass and he can barely beat one of them with his little stick and mm-hmm. Luke just pulls these guys apart in a way that is reminiscent to Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One it's like she it's like he's cutting through butter is what right. it felt like with a hot and, knife and in the old comic books that follow the that were from when I was a kid, the Dark Horse comics that are now no longer canon. That was what Luke was afterwards. He's this steely, you know, you you know, mm-hmm. and, and he so he tears through and he comes in all calm. And I'm at chills. And at that point, I'm like, it, well, I had chills. Even if it's, even if it, even if it's 
not Mark Hamill or a de-aged Mark Hamill, right? I'm imagining what it's going to be. But, but didn't that, okay, let's just pause for a moment. And on, I almost just, wish, wait, but I just I almost wish I just, somebody would tell me, no, that is Mark Hamill. They did CGI or whatever. No, no they did. It's de-aged. a de-aged Mark Hamill. It's a de-aged oh, well, Mark Hamill. I thought it was beautifully done. It was beautifully done. But again, in that moment, I'm so distracted trying to figure out what's going, like how they made him. Oh, I so, didn't think about that at all. I was just I like, it's Luke Skywalker. I don't even thinking about uh, Mark it Hamill. It took me like, out of Luke it. Luke is back. He's beautiful. That, he's back. And I think that's part of, I agree with Becky in that we could nitpick it, but the point is, is that this yeah. is the return of Luke well, and being I, given a proper. I think it's amazing. I can't get I over just, how they could de-age like that. Like it's. Uh, it's uh, it, You know what? Maybe I'm over it because I saw the fucking Irishman for four hours. <laughs> That's well, that's the only the thing. thing good about I that thought, movie I thought that they invented I, that technology, tried it out for four hours, and now everybody can use it. Well, I I think it's okay, and that they used it sparingly and in the dark, and he does the same. You, you you can view, you told me that it might be Sebastian Stan, so I was kind of like well, waiting for it, and then yeah, I was wondering, is that too. Sebastian Stan, but with makeup? Me, me too. Yeah. I didn't look at the credits until afterwards. It was Mark Hamill, and Mark Hamill's at least it was Mark Hamill's voice. Look, I think if they want to do a Luke show, and Mark Hamill gives his blessing for Sebastian Stan to be the actor, then that's great. Sebastian Stan's a great actor, and he could do a good job. I think we would buy that you know Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka was long, long the fan pick. Fans right. always imagined Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Uh, the problem with one of the problems with um, uh, what's his name, Alden Ehrenreich or whatever his name is from mm-hmm. from Han Solo, is that if he was going to be an unknown, he had to be. Actually, he wasn't even a bad part of it. He was fine. He 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 did a good job. Um, it's okay. But, but it wasn't. It didn't have that. People didn't have that same connection. Like you and McGregor as Obi Wan, perfect. And everybody loves it. And people want a whole show of that Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a a basis for at some point having someone else because people want to see Luke and Luke back to being Luke. And, and also the, uh, the calm. They're going to do a show that includes Luke so they can retcon um, last Jedi and the BS about him, like killing all the kids. Well, he didn't kill them. He like didn't trying to. Well, so, uh, at the very least, they now at least treat him like a proper Jedi master. I mean, yeah. the, the last Jedi like basically says like, well, Luke, you know, if Luke's Jedi temple failed and was destroyed by Kylo Ren, to me, that can fit the story. But if it if the entire basis of it is Luke's mistake, then that's a problem. If Luke doesn't train any other Jedi's like he now has 15 but, but years. But how does train. this my, my question is, though, is like how now this reveal when if you look at the force awakens last jedi and all that where's this baby yoda during that whole time look i trust feloni to be able to figure that out okay like i'm just saying like it's like he understands it and favreau won't screw us over um i i uh so the but 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 i i trust them to figure it out it's entirely possible baby Yoda goes into hiding. It's entirely possible baby Yoda dies in that. And that in that final battle, there is a dramatic Kylo Ren Grogu fight and Grogu dies. And that's one of the tragic moments that leaves Luke to, to exile himself. Then you'd actually have some more stakes. That would make more sense. All of the Jedi temple, right? Like that's one of the things that they did with Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker's change to Darth Vader in the movies is so it's, it's, quick and clunky in revenge of the sith but when they built back the clone war story a huge part that they retroactively added is ahsoka tano being rejected by the jedi 
and and sold out by the Jedi, his his best friend, his Padawan being thrown out is like a huge, huge it's thing devastating. makes him no longer trust the Jedi. And so it's, it's just actually- annoying that Star Wars is so big that they can't just get the good stories like I, from I, the beginning I, in a row. I think this is why they're moving to TV. I mean, even George Lucas always imagined it based on the old Flash Gordon serials and stuff, right? So this- if they can, Disney is going to invest, then great. I do think, though, they have way too many. As usual, Disney is like, like you is said, there, like smearing it up a little bit. Like it's a lot. Like, it's, yeah, less is more, people. Yeah. Like, but but again, so beautiful to have Mark Hamill return. What a, a moment well, of, like, like, triumph to have him. And and, and I love when, when, you, when the X-Wing comes getting close to the ship and you see Grogu's like ears open up. Yeah. He can, he sense can like sense him when he's touching the and screen. He screen can, like, like, his presence. To give him like a signal to tell him where he is like that. And, and poor Grogu like aged. You saw like how he, he, he was like so, so much tired. He, he was, was so really sleepy. Tired. But I love how when Luke is holding Grogu, he like, they give him a moment to like take it in that it's, it's a Yoda creature, you know, like they have yeah. that beat where they hold in his face and so he like, do you think Yoda has knew, a moment? Uh, not Yoda. Luke knew what he was coming to get in the force no. or he just knows there's just some he just Jedi knows, out there. Oh, there's a Jedi. Was he just like doing like a poker face, but he was like, Oh my God, there's a little Yoda. Yeah. I think that's what he was doing. I think he was like, Whoa. I think he like, was like, wow. He looked like, pretty kind of like shocked. robotic. Like also, his remember, Yoda so. saying, remember Yoda says, you know, pass on what you have learned. Like, there's a there's a Mike Mercy also talked about that in his in his YouTube clip the the, the beautiful circle of Yoda being Luke's last teacher and then Luke's well, first student yeah. right He's, like and this yeah. is the brilliance of this this is a way of bringing in non Skywalkers to the story without rejecting the rest of the story that's what was so like appalling about the last Jedi is like they were so like uncreative we're like well we want to do something new so uh let's uh deconstruct nothing... the entire character right. that you all you know that you were all involved so, in so so we assume that the blood that they took because they have what they need from him is then what's going to reboot the emperor yeah yeah who and then smoke and all makes a baby with someone which is Ray uh so the emperor so the the idea here is right so they're they're pulling i am I'm, I'm gonna extrapolate and say they're pulling some stuff that is from that same series the dark empire the comic book and the idea is that there is this crazy experimentation lab where essentially the emperor is so powerful with the dark side of the force that he can be remanifested into different bodies but they're like sort of not fully right. human and 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 it's sort of hinted that even the emperor in return of the jedi who's all like gross right like maybe that isn't even his original body right like that he's already on his second or third body so um but but it's unclear he does look a little mangled so it's but but the other idea is that his his use of the dark side of the force is what rots him right like that's how if you look at when he starts using the electricity in return of the jedi uh not return of Revenge of the sith that's when his face it's it's all melted right and so <laughs> right so the so the emperor so it's entirely possible that the emperor is like a spirit in the force or there were instructions laid with his deepest you know, believers and Moff Gideon is one of them. And to, to read, just to, to be clear, Moff Gideon has no Jedi power. No, no not at all. He's no. a good, he's a formidable swordsman, I guess. But even right. then Mando took but him out it. pretty easily, right. pretty quickly. And, mm -hmm. and so, 
so the emperor was clearly obsessed with having eternal life and so his his creating of offspring was was part of that quest right like he created his son in order to and his son may not have been a son it may have been a clone it may have been another clone uh, and that clone uh, wasn't okay. evil right like then has meets a woman or whatever has a baby that baby's ray so exactly. really she's the granddaughter exactly which by the way kind of is similar to anakin if you believe anakin was created by the dark side of the force once again like like here's what i could imagine happening anakin was created by the dark side of the force and it got away from him right it got away from the emperor so then the emperor's like fine this time we're going to clone me while i'm alive because i know if it's from me then it's going to be perfect and it gets away from him again too because people have their own will and the good side of the force is its own thing and that kid gets away and then ray comes by the way that's a compelling story that's interesting I do think, though, what is amazing about this scene and what, what, and then we can close here with your final impressions, but what Favreau does here is... Or Favreau, as mom Fa says. Favreau, 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 as mom says. Favreau and Filoni do here is they... I, I, I'm not saying they've made The Last Jedi the Star Wars holiday special, but they have pretty much closed the book on this idea that for Star Wars to go ahead, you needed to ruin Luke's character. Like they're clearly committed to no guys, you know, we, if, if we can move this thing forward without ruining the people you grew up with loving period. So um, closing thoughts on that. And then we'll get to our best of 2020. No, I, I thought they did more closing thoughts. I don't know. Oh, you it. have closing thoughts? They, I'm giving you the last words. I thought, you know, there's a few no, little I, plot holes that are kind of funny and I thought they did a fantastic job. Yeah. A movie. See, if it's so good that you don't notice the plot holes, then it's great. Okay. So 2020, a strange, challenging, difficult year for the world, for the United States. And we've talked a lot about uh, elements of that this year. We're going to sidestep the serious stuff, although I think it's going to thread into our conversation it'll, it'll a little bit. It'll come back and forth. It'll come yeah. back in. And we're going to talk about, and I do believe in being grateful and optimistic. And that is also a reflection of our privilege, I know. Um, but let's let's think about what was best in 2020. Um, we've got three major categories, and then we'll do MVP. Did anybody else have a hard time remembering what they've seen? I uh, like. I had to go look through our old episodes. Oh, such a blur. So we're gonna first start with because not a lot came out in 2020. In fact, I looked on my Letterboxd account. Okay, I looked on my Letterboxd account. Which movies that came out in 2020 that I saw? Okay, just movies that came out in 2020. Okay, okay. This is the only movies I saw that came out in 2020. Palm Springs, Onward, Red Sun, which is an animated Superman movie, Bloodshot, Extraction, ugh, excretion more like, Eurovision, American, oh, Eurovision. American Pickle, Zappa, Friendsgiving, and The Happiest Season. That's it. Those are all the those, movies I saw. Those, if you look at my- are those, Oh, those are the ones you saw. Okay, there's more movies that, released. No, but like, those are the ones it? I saw that came out in 2020. Maybe there's maybe a couple other, but like that's not that much. So let's just start, start with shows though. We still got a lot of shows in 2020. A lot of shows. What were your best shows or seasons that came out in 2020? You can throw it some buy, some rent, or you can just make it all buy. Lily, start us off. No, no, no. Really? Me? Okay, fine. Barely I'll start, I'll start it off. No, no, I'll start, I'll start it off. Well I'll Make start up your off. mind. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um, Are you sure? I go. Are you sure? Yes, yes. Okay. Sure? I'm going to regret it because like, I feel like I don't remember half the shit that goes on in my head. But I'm going to start with, these are new shows. 
that came out in 2020 or seasons that came out in 2020 oh that's i didn't i thought really don't worry don't overthink it we don't have time to this is already taking too long okay i did only new because that's what i thought the rules were Uh, like you care what the rules are no i was trying to follow the rules queen's gambit i thought was fantastic aka sexy chess uh never have i ever for becky not sexy enough not Not sexy sexy enough enough chess. chess uh never have i ever with, yeah, that's on my list um, too. When we have ones that are on the same list, that that too, I love that show. I thought yeah. it was amazing. I can't um, wait for season two, which has they've just made some casting announcements. Oh, cool. Um, obviously, normal people, which we did a whole ep with uh, Melanie, the great. Yeah, Melanie that's Rubin. on my list. Um, Ted Lasso, which was like a it's gift on everyone's from, list. Yeah, from heaven. Um, Ted and Lasso also- wins TV as well. The Mandalorian now wins, but like. Ted Lasso and The Mandalorian <laughs> win television this year. I wrote year. this yeah. before. Nothing else came out this year. Those two, perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're talking about season, I also really liked Love Life. I thought that was quite like fun and new for me. And then if you're talking about things that came out, I'm enjoying David Letterman's, like this guest needs no introduction, his new season, which came out in 2020, part film before COVID, part film during COVID. Um, and I thought his interview uh, with Lizzo was fantastic. He has always been an amazing interviewer. I think yeah. to after 9-11 when he did his first shows. And and I, he just asked questions that he's interested in and they're yeah. interesting and yeah. honest. Like, it's just, I find very, very honest. Um, so yeah, I would say like, to me, it's pretty much the top. How about you, Beck? Um, so uh, Love on the Spectrum. That was a very special show, I thought. Um, I really, really loved Insecure Season 4. I thought it saw the most growth from its from its central characters and saw everybody in the show moving I in, in like moving towards an interesting place. So I really loved that. Um, Normal People, Ted Lasso. Uh, I haven't finished The Flight Attendant, and I'm also in that middle of like that binge excitement of it. So, so it's a bit like to preemptive be. to put it on my list. But what I will say is that it it is such a good mystery and fun thriller and pretty dark and it's not it's not a rom-com no it's not a rom-com it's a it's like a you guys that it's like a dark mystery thriller but but like fun the way it's done and so i think for me it's just it's really refreshing to watch something that's not um just which is like it's a it's a different it's a well-done drama because i find a lot of the times if you're doing like mystery it ends up you have to watch mind hunter and I don't want to watch something so dark. So it's like not as dark as Mindhunter, but not as like happy-go-lucky as, you know, anything else I mentioned. So it's it's dark, but fun. And then I will say like um, Lovecraft, uh, I stole that from from your list, Shy. But um, I think like when I was watching that it's show, both every- both were not, you did not, rec- like you weren't- No, I was super into it by that. the end. The first three episodes yeah. I really had a hard time with. And then from episode four on- I loved until the final episode, which I was iffy on. Also, but that like I, middle I of that show say, was so mind blowing. Any show for which our guest was later Cadenard is going to be at the tops because I would say Cadenard is one of the best guests like we've ever had and will continue to have. And I talked yeah. to her this morning, and I, we can't. I cannot wait to have her back. So yeah. those at, like the shows that we then break down with her end up. Even if I and I wasn't, I liked Lovecraft Country, but like even if I wasn't, the fact that we then go so deep with her on those, then I just like, mm-hmm. instantly. Yeah, I think it was it was very time. much. It sparked really interesting conversations, thoughts. Um, just 
ed- educating myself. Like it, we, I think it, per- it was very pro- provocative for me. Um, and, and I enjoyed the overall experience, um, beyond just each episode. So that, that definitely are my, also, my top shows. Journey Smollett is out of this world. Just, Indeed. just phenomenal. What is that? Considering she was not great in Friday Night Lights. She was good in Friday Night Lights. She was great in Friday Night Lights. Okay. She was the, what are you talking about? She right. becomes like the coach. No. She's okay. She's her. great. But I think she, she needed a different different conversation for a different time. Okay. Well, yeah. right, so um, now, can now, I wait, can I can I make an amendment to mine? Just go. Yeah. So the way, Lily's playing this game where she asks permission and follows uh, the rules. It's um, like I, I'm just really upset that I forgot about it. Space Force. That was okay. That's I'd see that was not, like so for me. That's for sure is one of the best things I saw this year. That's that a great wrench. So, so for me, for my buys, it was Ted Lasso, Mando, and Lovecraft Country of the new shows. Uh, Hunters and Space Force are both in this rent zone for me because I liked them a lot. I want to see season two from both of these seasons go well. Like Hunters got a season two, which I wasn't sure it was going to get. I'm glad it's mm. being given a chance to sort of tweak some of the things that were wrong with it in space force i really want to see where the story's going but but i will say in terms of i'll preview one of my mvps of the year is definitely uh tawny newsome who is an actor i really wasn't familiar with and i absolutely i absolutely 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 think she's incredible and have now absorbed as much as i can of her work and so she's one of my MVPs of the year coming out of it. And then another one that I want to I want to say is a really oh, good show. Um, <laughs> but again, I want to see where it goes next, although I loved it. And it has another one of my MVPs of the year is Upload. I loved Upload. Oh, yeah. Upload. Upload I loved that one. Mm-hmm. I loved Upload. That's and Amazon I, Prime. I, I want to see where Upload season two takes us before I get that's great that's before a I joke. put it in full buy category but in that one Andy mm-hmm. Allo Andy Allo is just so incredible I really mm-hmm. want to see more of her and yeah. more of her work and so she's one of my MVPs of the year so let's talk about this was a big year for binging shows so of non new shows of non 2020 shows of things you discovered uh, of which we all watched a ton. What were some of your biggest best of the year? Let's I'll have Becky start this time. So it's a it's a triple threat. Avatar, Korra, Dragon Prince. I'm genuinely jealous, Becky, that you disc- I, I'm I'm also emotionally overwhelmed that you watched all of these in one year. Like I watched it's a these lot. over a long period of time. Like the fact that this was all in one year, it feels like I've been ruined. <laughs> it's hard, right? It's really hard. It's really hard. And there's like certain moments in each of those shows that I like go back. Why did you watch alone? I'm alone. I don't watch, we've watched like one thing together this whole year. Um, uh, No, uh, I watched all three of those alone. And there's like really specific episodes and moments in each of them that I like hold very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but for sure those three at the very, very, very top of of the list for me. Um, And just so highly recommend all of them. And I recommend watching them specifically in that order. I feel like it needs to be watched Avatar, Korra, Dragon Prince. Oh yeah, I told this to dad the other day because we got the, you know, that I got uh, my eldest a stuffed bait 
you know, the character. Oh yeah, 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 of Dragon course. Prince, and dad was looking at it. And, and I said, and I, and, and he was asking about the show and I was like, you're not allowed to watch it unless you watch all of Airbender and all of Korra first. <laughs> you don't get to cheat. You don't get to cheat. You, I also don't think you'd appreciate it as much in the way that you should, unless you've seen Avatar and Korra first. Um, yeah. Uh, and then other just fun ones that like, I mean, Selling Sunset was new this year, but that was like a, such a fun one to binge. Friday Night Dinner I'm obsessed with. What's funny is like I had been watching Shit's Creek last year, but the reason I put it on this list is because I rewatched it from beginning to end. Oh, wow. I actually this haven't year. ended it yet. I'm pulling a lily with Parks and Rec. I no, no, I, I haven't seen the last season. Sorry, except for the last season. But seasons one through five, I finished around the time Sunny was born at the end of November because I watched it in the hospital when I came home. And then in the new year, I restarted it from episode one and watched it all the way through. Um, and then just like other shows, like uh, I like Love Life and Outlander. Those are just other. I think this for me was more of like, a combination of shows I binge this year and then just like other shows I really love that are my more like honorable mentions. Um, but yeah, that's my, right. that's my list. A little eclectic. Lil, what do you got for us? Um, the shows that I mentioned before <laughs> I could put in this category too. Um, Cause I didn't know, I thought those were just like new stuff. So I could definitely do the same, but things that I really loved watching this year was shrill um, oh wait, The Last Kingdom. Shy, you're right. I watched every single season of that in like three weeks or something. I watched an entire series right when I got home from the hospital with the yeah. baby. That show's amazing. So that should be on your Sorry. list. Sorry, that's on my list. I was just looking I, at Shy. I watched Tr- Shrill as if it was like one long thing. Oh like, yeah, as if that it was one too. Thing. Um, <laughs> selling Sunset because it brought me so much joy texting, con- like constantly with becky and, and we watched an episode together and it began the beginning of our great cameo expedition into the, the you got your mary fitzgerald cameo the and, um and what's her name i got two selling sunset cameos oh yeah and maya vander for maya vander to me thank you um <laughs> so that was fun and becky and i have like into this entire pandemic it's the only show that i've watched simultaneously with someone like everybody mm-hmm. has viewing parties or whatever but it's the only one that becky oh, and i, I made did the effort with, um, to sit i did that with um vanessa cousin with vanessa outlander. with outlander that was really fun so so that uh that was just so fun to be able to do that and then bosch was like huge in my house that i mean like is bosch really your big... biggest i told you show of the year probably oh for sure because 100 percent. my biggest i, biggest, like, I told you completely show against year. watching that show and i like yeah that was six very dedicated seasons to that my, show. my biggest i told you shows of the year were were last kingdom and ted lasso last kingdom going to josh and and you so no me i worked it harder than josh no no it was josh's i, worked, I told you show but you did the heavy lifting yes thank you very much um and then friday night dinner was such like an amazing found like thing your that, brother that looks you out guys, for you guys i wouldn't recommend for me you, you know i wouldn't and recommend then, stuff you won't like and then i have um last kingdom on here because again like things that i enjoyed that is such a fun thing in my house to watch with Hossett. like he's so into it and it's just one of those shows that everybody gets really into so that just makes it it's more of a show it's an experience so that's on there that's great i'm sure there's more things but i can't think of them. and so for me Dragon Prince, I hadn't discovered that yet. That's amazing. Kipo mm-hmm. and the Age of the Wonder Beasts. Beck, just get ready. It's it's a nice after 
aperitif or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I watched like the first episode, I think. Yeah, you but gotta watch. I haven't, I haven't like had a chance to really shows, dig you need, in. You need a few, but it's only three seasons and it's awesome. Last Kingdom, Watchmen, I watched this year, even though I think it was from last year. I don't know, whatever. Watchmen was amazing, and I feel like it was part of this year for me. Um, Friday Night Dinner, Never Have I Ever. I guess that counts in the other category too. Honestly, Charlotte, I don't know if you remember we watched yeah, that of course. Steve, Stevie's of course. Stevie's show. That that was so fantastic. fun to watch again and to get through, and so fantastic and so funny. And I I think about we're gonna have her on the pod to talk about it. It's great. I, I I keep thinking about the interactions between her and the boss, who isn't really the boss, <laughs> like the great reveal at the end That's of that episode. Great. And I just think about those characters all the time. And then. Uh, NTSF SDSUV, which is Paul Shear's show that is the send ups of the serial crime shows that mom watches. I now, every one of those shows that I watch, every time I put one on, like uh, Numbers or The Mentalist or Castle, like those are kind of the ones I watch. I, I, I can't help but cracking up. Like Paul Shear's 10 minute versions of those is better than all of those shows. And it's so funny and it has every great actor. And I just think it's, it's it's like it's it's almost like they just took the scripts from those shows it's like they barely change anything it's it's amazing um and then a rent to the expanse which was a good show i liked checking it out the new season is out but i but i sort of started losing motivation in the last couple seasons okay now let's talk movies now as i mentioned earlier there were almost no new movies that i watched this year by comparison like normally the amount of movies that came out in a given year i would have seen in a month that i saw all last year what movies that you watched this year, old or new? Oh, were hard. your were your big were your big movies of the year? Becky, how about you go first? Um. So, Crip Camp, which I know is a documentary, and so shy. If you watch it, it'll have to be assigned as homework, but it's you really should watch it. We'll just put it there. It's on Obama's list of favorite movies that is interjection here shy you are of the opinion he there's no way he writes that list i just but he has seen crip camp because he produced it so (laughs) i mean so assume he's seen it does he have time to watch it i don't know um so uh uh, do you think he writes it that list himself i'm just curious on opinions i think he gives input I think what happens is he gives input and then his interns are like, no, that's not cool. We can't put that on. No. We want to put that scene of Fleabag in. Come on. Yeah. Put that scene of Fleabag in. That'll be so cool. Right. So I feel like, I feel like Like, he definitely has gives input and then it, it just gets like fixed. Like they, they, they fix it for him, but that movie I'm pretty sure he's seen. Um, So list of, I actually had a really hard time remembering what movies I've seen because it feels like I didn't watch any movies this year. Like I just watch shows or I, I don't know what it, what it is. And then anyway, so moving on, uh, as we talked about, was it last week already? It was just last week or two weeks ago, Diani and divine meet the apocalypse, which I just keep last replaying week. in my head is phenomenal. It is so good. Um, a movie I loved that shy will not be able to watch and lily might be able to watch i'm thinking of ending things which i described as starts off with a 20 minute scene in a car like 22 minutes of two people in a car talking it's so i I tried to get everybody in that i i tried to get people to watch that in the house and no one will watch it with you i really loved it charlie kaufman i don't 
Yeah, I really, really loved it. It it just, for me, it was like a throwback to when I was in film school and I used to watch interesting movies. Um, Mm -hmm. So like that felt really good. I felt like, oh, my brain still works. This is fun. Um, uh, Another documentary. You thought it was good. I I really loved it. Uh, Another documentary that Shy turned me on to that is not from 2020, but it's still a movie I watched in 2020 called Little White Lie. Awesome documentary. Amazing. Thank you, Shy, for that recommendation. Lacey Schwartz Delgado. Um, And I want to give an honorable mention to American Pickle. And I give it an honorable mention because for me, it's ultimately a rent. But I so rarely get to, like, there's so rarely, like, Jewish stories that well, I really Jewish loved it. That also aren't fully just like, you know, Jonathan Brampman, one of our other amazing guests, you know, always talks about how sometimes like the Jewish stories, even as told by Jews, highlight these negative stereotypes. And I think that American Pickle was a much more honest internal discussion between generations when it was yeah. at its best. At its worst, the movie can be kind of dumb, but but it's yes. at its best. Especially like the ending cottage scene. Like it's just, and so especially I, right now, because we're in the Hanukkah Christmas time of year, I've it's become so much, so much more in my face than ever before. How like Jewish holidays don't really have a, they don't have a presence in pop culture and I'm trying to get my kid or, or excited they do in very weird ways where in weird ways, there's like a Christmas display and there's like one little menorah under the tree. Right. But it's what I'm saying is that like, I'm trying to get like, my three-year-old exactly how it works, guys. excited about Hanukkah and everything is Christmas. And I'm trying to educate her about her own culture and religion but like everything around us is bombarding us about christmas and i would like love to show her some hanukkah episodes of shows but you know please tell me where they are someone There's and so anyway so i was just I think, and a couple of the good goldbergs ones are okay I oh right yeah okay. but she's too little for for goldbergs you know right. like every single show on netflix has every single animated kids show has a christmas special like that's yeah. what i mean um and anyway so it's not like i'm going to show her american pickle but i feel like i extra appreciated at this moment in my life having um a jewish story you know a jewish movie to have seen even even though it had its you know pros and cons throughout the throughout the film so there's just a few a few that i liked this year oh and and i guess i'll i should say onward because my husband worked on that so onward onwards on my list for real i'll say nice things about it lil how about you did you you remember anything you saw this year i'm i'm remembering as we speak you go Okay. So for me, I would say my, I have a very, very strange like list. (laughs) This is a very strange list. And I love all of these for different reasons. So I'm going to put at the, my number one and my number two that I'm listing are, couldn't be more different, but my number one, the newest, it's also a new movie that made me so joyful is Eurovision. That is probably the movie I watched the most over and over again this year. I listened to that album nonstop. I thought Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams were so wonderful. And mm-hmm. even though it's too long, I don't care. I think that is to me a, a lasting movie. And I wish more people got it because I got it and I absolutely adored it. Plus I had the amazing opportunity to interview the Eurovision winner, Netta, the Israeli winner, which is in one of our past episodes. You guys should check that out. If you're listening, very proud of that. But that was a really, really special movie experience for me. The other film that just was the most powerful movie I saw this year, and I regret that I hadn't seen it earlier, I'm embarrassed I hadn't seen it earlier, is I Am Not Your Negro, the movie about James Baldwin. Absolutely magnetic. And it has so much of his own voice telling the story that um, from recordings that it is just 
beyond compelling and so timely with all of the uh, horrific things that were highlighted this year. And I didn't say happened this year because it's clear and the movie highlights that these horrible issues of racial injustice have been happening all the time. Um, but this year they really got highlighted and, and I'm Not Your Negro really, really reminds you of how long and how deep these things have been an issue and and does it in a beyond compelling way and you know how i feel about documentaries but this one i felt like i was watching an action movie because of the intensity of it it's so incredible mm-hmm. um and then my next my next my next two go together they gave me so much joy the selling and diani and divine meet the apocalypse and then to be capped off by getting to speak to gabe and etta last week was just incredible yeah. even without that those movies had the, the, the quirky humor and heart that I just love. It's that Parks and Rec, it's that Schitt's Creek, it's that spot in your heart that is both funny, but you're, you're also caring about the people. Onward was really special for me. I thought that was just such an awesome metal Pixar movie. Like it was the most metal of any of the Pixar movies. It wasn't, it, it had all the Pixar conventions, but the soundtrack was great. And it was it Julie Louis Dreyfus? Was she in it? She was mm-hmm. like, one, she yeah, plays like, the mom, and Octavia Spencer is like the one, is like the the manticore lady yeah 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 mm-hmm. like it was i yeah i was i thought i was so good and then i'll just group together i watched a lot of like really weird cult movies this year including yes um, as did i for episodes we were supposed to record and then didn't we will do a cult movie episode and it will be amazing okay and becky has been working hard but lily hasn't watched any of them but i watched scanners bad taste Hell Comes to Frogtown, and I rewatched Buckaroo Banzai. These movies are all just so freaking weird. Do you watch They Live? I've seen They Live like five times. I don't need to rewatch it. I love that movie. Are you kidding? With Keith, with Keith David and Rowdy Roddy Piper, I just that I've like, seen. It's an era of schlocky movie that couldn't be recreated now. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Piranha. Uh, Piranha Three Double D, which Allie and I watched uh, with Paul Shear and a bunch of other people. That was like as close as I've gotten to that era of schlock that where you can, it's 80, 90 minutes long and you can just enjoy it, but it's also gar- I just, I enjoyed the fun of being home and being like, I'm going to watch this, you know, movie about frogs in the mutant future. So, one of the things we do. Can I say mine? Oh, okay. Well, I can't. No, you so can't. I don't get to say mine? Just you go can, quickly. You can go. I just forgot. I'm used to going last. Okay, I'll be fast. Cajillionaire, which I loved. And like Becky said, it made me remind myself that my brain works by the fantastic uh, Miranda July. Um, it's weird and awesome. Uh, of course, uh, Deanny and Divine with the Apocalypse, that movie I adored um on i just watched that and also i just that packing scene makes me so happy because it makes me think of you it makes me feel like i'm close to you that's like every time i leave the house onward um made me happy when i watched it pregnant and made me super happy when i watched it um with my two boys you have two boys i have two boys and their brothers and we always talk about uh ian and barley as being great brothers Mm. um i actually really like the gentleman with Which one's that? McConaughey. Oh, that was a good Guy Ritchie return to form. Fun. Was that yeah, from that, this year or last year? That's this year. Okay. That's, and that Doesn't was like at the matter. beginning of the pandemic when I felt like there was like nothing new. And I was just like so excited. 
And then uh, mine are all from this year. And then the Chicago Seven, I thought that was great on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Um, really but there's a lot more movies I need to see, like on my list. I don't know if you want to jump to different things you're looking forward to, but I'm very much looking forward that, to that's watching our next episode. Oh, okay. Looking forward. Uh, to the few things I just say, I'm looking forward to the few things that you guys suggested that I hadn't seen. Oh, okay. Well, you can say that if you want to, if you're giving us credit for things. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, I have other things I'd like to see, but what you guys have said that I haven't seen yet. One of our great Friday Night Movie traditions is MVPs, LVPs, and MIPs. Our most valuable players or performers, our most, our least valuable players and performers, and our most improved. most improved. And it's always fun to define why, but I think, again, in a very, very complicated year, it's really interesting to talk about which artists were our MVPs. Becky, take it away. So my MVP has been Colbert. I like every single morning I watch on YouTube his bits from the night before. And I have a lot, like the way I deal with all the COVID anxiety is just by like, I don't read the news and like the election stuff. I like, I am just very detached from actual news and the way I've been able to like little piece, like piece by piece digest what's happening in the country is just by watching him. And he makes me like very happy. I feel like every morning I like turn on that, like 10 minutes of YouTube and it like, I don't know. It's just like, I'm catching up with a friend. So that, that actually has been a very important daily routine for me is watching my like little Colbert clips in the morning. So rat really is my MVP, um, for, for 20, for like this, you know, this part of 2020 um yeah uh i'm just gonna leave it there yeah that's like a that's it okay. i'm just gonna give you the one all right Lil. um my mvps are uh you're the worst uh because that you mean got, the, it, the cast of that show yeah or like yeah or the show i'm played by my own rules okay um because that got that me this through. year no that but uh, of my of my MVP, I watched. I mean, oh, it ended we, no, this year. Allie and I watched it last year when we were visiting you back. And oh so, yeah, and that was so a year ago, my goodness, that's crazy. And for me, it was like it the like the most anxious part of my second round of IVF, and just watching these terrible people who are also very funny got me through it. So that's they were for sure my MVPs. Um, and then little things that like I've watched that meant a lot that I, I very much enjoyed, but aren't like my favorite show, but I feel like those count as MVPs that kind of like helped like in these other moments, especially this past few months, Song Explorer, which Becky introduced to me as a you podcast. Song Exploder? Song Exploder. What did I say? Explorer? Explorer. Explorer. Song Exploder. It's a great podcast. Right. right. But they made a show on Netflix. And so you can like watch the interviews oh like cool see, yeah so like it's not the same as the podcast they have expanded it to then like the people the actual artists like talk about their work and stuff and um it's it's i really really enjoyed it um and um movies that made us also like i if you're in like a, a rough moment and you're kind of nothing to watch and these like little like kind of reality shows or whatever i thought that was really fun and dead to me to me that was an mvp that dark humor really i needed it i love dead to me that dark humor of that show just gets i did me. two episodes i was like too sad that, that that's Turning no it's fun i think it's hilarious i have a good dark humor streak so those were like my little mvps yeah okay well okay so here are my mvps obviously felonium fabra we talked about them uh 
Nicole Byer. I never, I had never fully immersed. Oh, that's a good Nicole one. Byer. I have to, yeah. I have to but bump that I up. I thought about that. I agree. It. Nailed it. I thought about that. Nailed it. And her, her show it was, huge nailed for it. It was so big for my family. We made our own home nailed it videos. My kids learned to bake because of that show. They imitate like they imitate like when they when they when they host it in our house, one of them always plays the role of Nicole. She's a role model to them. She's so great. And then Leah Jones from the Finding Favorites podcast turned me on to Nicole's actual podcast, which are also brilliant. So Nicole Byer, MVP. I also want to give an MVP to some musicians that we had as guests on the show who were who are local to here, Sheila, the Tucker sisters. I I got up every morning for months and walked my dog for an hour or sometimes two. And I can't tell you how many of those walks start off with their song We Are from their album uh, Protect Your Art. And they are just amazing and creative and 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 just so badass. So Sheila, they're on Spotify and everywhere else. Tawny Newsom, who I mentioned earlier, who I, I discovered through Space Force, but then went back and I watched uh, Bajillion Dollar Properties that had her in it, and I follow her. She's brilliant. She's a musician, singer, actor. So funny. Um, Andy Allo from Upload, also absolutely incredible. Uh, another MVP of the year. And then I have one really special MVP, and this is to Paul Shear. Paul Shear, who hosts the How Did This Get Made podcast. He was in Black Monday, which I had not watched till this year. And he is amazing in that as a dramatic actor and comedic, comedic actor, but also dramatic. And he is also um, created NTSF uh, SDSUV, which is hilarious. But as you know, as the person who does a lot of the lifting behind the scenes on this podcast, Paul, to me, the work that he does for Have This Get Made is just so great and joyful for the fans. I tip my hat to Paul Shear. That is someone in our industry. And by industry, I mean podcasting. Granted, <laughs> his industry because it makes money and ours only loses money. Uh, but mm -hmm. I tip my hat to Paul Shear as an MVP. All right, Beck. Lead off our LVPs. This is where we get catty and we have some fun. Mine's a whole category. There's too many to name. So I'm going to say... Netflix original movies, Netflix original action movies. Oh. I don't even need to see all of them totally right. for them to all be in there. So I'm just going to name two, 100%. Ava and Old Guard. Let's just start with those two. Ooh, there's so many. Say any Netflix original action movie. Is it Bloodsnot one? Expulsion. And Bloodsnot. Underwater. Bloodsnot's not. Um, no, Bloodshot Netflix? was... Bloodshot was a, was a studio release, but it was oh. just released VOD. But it might as well have been. Yeah. Um, they're just every possible missed opportunity if you is art is encapsulated in their original movies. And you know, I watched Ava the other night. We were so excited because we love we love Jessica Chastain I mean, in this house. Doesn't? We love her. She is like insane. We love her. We love her. And I got to watch her for 95 minutes, but there was Nothing like you guys text me. You're like, "What's this? What was the movie about?" It was. It wasn't. That's the answer. It wasn't about. She changes her wigs. It, it just wasn't stupid. about. There was no storyline, and it was such a. And you know what? Who else is in it? Oh, the one from she plays the daughter in Space Force. 
yeah, she's no, in it that. and the yeah. ending of as like this, an adult right not as like a teenager well she's like a young adult she's probably supposed right. to be like early 20s and it's like um and she's and the ending of it is a setup for a sequel which could be really really cool so i'm like i feel so betrayed by netflix that the ending i'm like oh but maybe the sequel will be good oh, <laughs> now i won't i won't I've so seen a bad few, couple of netflix movies have been good but again when you watch a Diani and Divine meet the apocalypse or the selling and and instead you had to watch the happiest season or any no other, it's just a it's a crime that or any of this like, nonsense Friendsgiving was so bad shy that, that oh was VOD. I turned it off that was VOD I think but, like yeah I just think these are it's a shame because like 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 we said there's no small movies there's no bad movies in the sense that people are working hard people work really hard it's not that, but 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 I feel like. I would say like but I would say the problem movies. with Ava and the problem with Old Guard is not the filmmaking, not the acting, not the production value. It's the script. There is right, just like, not a great story in there. It's like they. Well, they feel and, like and they I have all the other stuff. Stars, they don't need it. I do think some of the big stars look like they're phoning it in in some of these movies. I do think like they're taking that Netflix. It's sort of like the people who do the like in the movie lost in translation when the famous actor goes overseas and does, <laughs> does uh, the like whiskey a commercial ad or a whiskey commercial in a foreign country uh, but you know this had john malkovich like here there's like colin farrell ads everywhere here selling stuff and brad pitt in europe there's all these ads a, that you guys don't have. Just like also a storyline in ava we're like i can't i'll you know what i'm not gonna waste time okay. on the pod we'll talk about it later go right. next lvp lily your lvps here's the thing if you choose not to watch a show because you're like well i don't want to watch this show but then somebody moves into your house from overseas and then watches it all the time and it's on like your big tv in your living room and you're coming in and out it's like you're being forced to watch it and to me that's the alienist I actively chose not to watch it. I watched the first like episode or two and I was like, ugh, I don't want to watch this. Like weird old time murdery stuff. I thought you and loved serial killers and murders. I, and I, you know what? But it was just like, Hossa didn't like it because it's too hard for him to understand with that old timey English. He was like, forget it. I'll watch murder, but I don't want to have to read. So <laughs> he's definitely wasn't into it. And I, it just felt like it was really dark. But mom put away two seasons in like, six days Mom's and it was on best. all the time and she's like oh lily you're not gonna watch season two it's just about killing babies i was like Mom. <laughs> i was like you're gonna see it she's like no no, no. look away lil look I away any show I was like this Mom. i will no, watch except mid, this one a mid-season nine episode and- of ncis Yes, but Poconos it made it made me really think that mom just needed her space because she was just like no one's gonna watch this shit with me so <laughs> she watched that one by herself so that's my lvp because no thank you then also like shows i've been reading about all these shows that like have mentioned covid and have people in mass like like blackish apparently did a really great job with their first episode acknowledging covid but then after that and the rest of the show there's no masks and everybody's together so like that makes no sense Grey's Anatomy has done the opposite. They've leaned in so hard. Every time, every time I watch Allie watching that show, it's some <laughs> horrific hospital situation in the. But also, like the now they're adding COVID, and they're not only making it realistic, but like everybody has it on the show, and like the main character's almost dying, and people are just dying. And I'm honestly, I'm like, I get that you want to mention it, and but um, this is not what I came for. So LVP, I don't need that much realism. Sorry. And then Outer Banks, because Allie made me watch that show, then ignored all my texts about it. And so would not so is Allie the LVP or is Outer Banks the LVP? Both. Don't make, don't make Allie your LVP. Allie, Allie, if you're listening, <laughs> still, still never think, text me back about John B. 
And so <laughs> not only was that show not Savage. good, Savage. but then I didn't even get to trash talk it with the person who made me watch it. She like ghosted me about it, which I oh. guess maybe maybe that was like a prank, Allie. Maybe she pranked which me. Which case? No, she's, the, she's just the, she's like my kids know, like we play a game where I call our mom or I call Bubba and I call her and I say, hey kids, do you think she's going to pick up the phone? And they go, yeah. no! Because <laughs> they know mom yep. never can find her phone. Oh, Allie doesn't Allie's have the tech. Allie's pretty close. Uh, my LVP, and, and it'll, it's actually just going to take years for him to be unseated, is Ryan Johnson, because every time amazing. I see something good in Star Wars... So Ryan Johnson gets a rollover from year to year. No he one does, else does, but he someone, can just keep rolling until over. Until someone in pop culture. Like, I will say, there are some politicians, some very high-ranking politicians I could have put there, but I was like, you know, we're not oh. going to make this political. Oh, BTW, because I thought the rules were like, had to be a new show. One of the best things I watched this year was The Politician. Oh yeah, for that, sure. That I just didn't add it because I, I thought it had to be well, new. Um, and uh, but to me, just he'll have that space between now and Forever. when someone does something worse to something from my childhood than he did, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. And 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 the perfection of this last Mando episode only further highlights how he will be the LVP forever. Now, most improved, Becky Beck. Oh, for me, most improved is season two of The Mandalorian, which the first couple episodes, I was just like, what is his character doing? What are these choices? What? And then from the first episode to the last, that to me is my my biggest improvement because it ended, wow, point. wow, such a strong ending. And he actually developed like his Yeah, exactly. Movement. So, um, yeah, so there we go. Me was Watchmen because I went from literally not understanding anything that was going on in that show to then loving, I would say like the second half of the season of that well mini series or limited series, and then getting to discuss it on the pod. It was so phenomenal. So that was mine. So for me, this isn't as much as a a, a most improved as much as a I I never had any desire to watch it, and then I watched it. And then it, and I thought it was pretty funny. And then it immediately became a family. When I say a family show, my family stops what they're doing to watch random reruns of this show. And that is Bob's Burgers. All four of us sit down. It's barely appropriate for my children. But we just <laughs> sat the other night and to sit, you know, when Allie laughs so hard that she's like giggling and crying, mm-hmm. she laughs so hard. She giggles and cries while she's watching the show and the kids do. And as a parent, that's just like a huge joy. So it's a show that I thought was really funny. I watched a few episodes and I said, Hey guys, you got to try this. But then it like shot up in enjoyment and became this like massive family thing. So I absolutely, I absolutely, absolutely love, love, love that show. Um, so in our next episode, which will be our last of the year, we're going to talk about what we are looking forward to most next year. Okay. Right. Uh, our, we're going to have our, our New Year's pop culture resolutions, if you will. And okay. when we do that, we'll talk about what we're looking ahead. Um, so since this was almost all Rex and shout outs, I don't know if anybody has anything else they want to mention before we wrap up. Uh, but do so around the time that you say your social media stuff. Lily, where can people follow you? And do you have anything else to add? On the Twitter, Chichi, C-H-I-C-H-I-K, Gomez. And I would like to just add that um, this week I was mailed a real-life Grogu 
from Shy, and he has been making phenomenal appearances all over the household, uh, participating I mean, in all different kinds of activities. So just keep an eye um, on the Friday Night Movie Pod Instagram because he's very busy, and I'm going to be reporting. Cool. Um, you can follow me at Paper BK Princess on Twitter, and um, I also want to announce that I am now officially an art collector. Both of my siblings have bought me very special pieces of art for my birthday. My brothers came in the form of beautiful Avatar Korra books that I will read. Uh, what? I, I mean, I also gave you an autographed Dan Byrne original painting. You also last gave, year. but that's not in <laughs> my last house. year. Is that in my house? Uh, in my it house. Is, it's, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. It's in a poster tube somewhere. Okay. Um, uh, yes, the 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 Avatar Airbender hardcover books, yeah, amazing. You're and so um, and for my sister, I got a beautiful, beautiful piece of uh of art from an artist that I love, that we love. I mean, it's 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 a plate, but it's it's still very special. How did I know it was going to be a plate? I was going to jokingly say it's actually it a dish. Bowl? It's a dish, but it's a very fancy dish that you can't use. It's Thank being hung up somewhere. Lily knows to get me oculuses and not Hey, hey, not I got something special for everybody, but I think yeah. I killed so, it. Look, this family Lily crushes really. it on gifts. We we are inconsistent and we don't play by rules of like, oh, it's X birthday, so we're getting you Y. But man, you guys show up. When you show up, you show up, and it's amazing. It's so worth it. So well done. Um, so I just wanted to do it, do a shout out to my brother and sister for making this, uh, COVID birthday year very, very special and meaningful. Uh, so that's it. And you can follow. So my final shout out is, uh, you can, I I mean, I want to shout out to my wife and kids for, it was a really, you know, Hanukkah, it was kind of a crazy year and Hanukkah was really beautiful and cathartic and filled with light and love. And we did lots of fun celebrating together and, the kids are finally learning the, the songs and stuff. So it was real. And they're doing like hilarious, dramatic versions of them. Like the way I do, like I walk around the house yodeling mode. So are now the kids like after years of being like, daddy, stop. Now they do it too. Cause they get the, they get the bit. Um, so with that, uh, you can follow me at pancake and the number four table, pancake four table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all of the Friday night movie shenanigans at Friday night movie on Twitter and Instagram or Friday night Please join us. The end of the year is here. Perfect time to make your nonprofit donations. Please check out and join us in supporting the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative, both hugely important institutions that are helping to protect and renew our democracy. Uh, Again, just because an election's over and it may have gone the way you wanted it does not mean there isn't a ton of work to be done. And just because the calendar is going to switch a year from December 31st to January 1st doesn't mean the same problems that we had last year are not going to be there. They are going to be there. We need to work on those. So check those out. And last but not least, our theme song is by What Does It Eat? Check them out on Spotify or check us out on Spotify and iTunes and all those other places. And I love you great to see you. Bye. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, we gotta go. Sh-